At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner. Presented by Bet Rivers. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden with Beeson, and I am still really excited about the Avs Game 1 win. And I'm really excited about tomorrow night's game against the Tampa Bay Lightning as the Avs look to go up 2-0 in the Stanley Cup Finals. I will have all the game lines, the series lines. Mark Springer is going to join me. We'll have an Avs spectacular during the show. Also, no World Cup for Denver. I know a lot of you don't care about soccer. I'm kind of one of those people. I do want to discuss why, though. NBA Finals, we cashed our 5-1 to bet last night, our plus 550 and we've got the NBA futures, the Joker. Where is he in the MVP race? And what are the odds for the Nuggets to win the NBA championship? We got a game at Coors tonight. Padres coming into town. Pair of bets for you in that one. But let's get into it. Abs hosting Tampa Bay in game two of the Stanley Cup finals tomorrow night. Don't forget, the Abs are 38, 6, and 5 at home this season. They are remarkable at home. They are now extraordinarily heavy favorites to win this series at minus 278. I don't think it's a good bet at this point. Uh, If Tampa Bay wins tonight, that thing goes back, and it's probably sitting around minus 150. Uh, Tampa Bay at plus 230. Maybe it's the time to hit there if you think that the Lightning are going to win. Let's look at the game two lines, okay? We start with the money line. This total went from minus 155 to minus 150, and now I'm seeing it at minus 148. So a little bit of money coming in 
on the Lightning. Lightning plus 128. That was at plus 130 recently. Total here is six. I'll have a bet here on the total. The over, minus 113. The under is minus 105, but it won't be the full game total. It'll be regular time total. Talk to you about that in a moment. Abs on the puck line, winning by two or more goals, plus 165. Lightning to lose by a goal or less. You really can't lose by less. On the puck line, minus 200. So those are the lines. We'll get into some player props too. But let's talk about this. The total. There have now been six or fewer total goals in 10 of the last 12 Lightning playoff games. That's 83%. And you got to ask yourself, can the Avalanche get enough out of Darcy Kemper to suppress Tampa Bay and that offense? Before we get a little bit deeper into the total, because again, I have a bet here. Let's start with Nazim Kadri and Andrew Cogliano, because one or both of these guys returning game two would be a humongous boost to the Avalanche. Both missed game one. Both were skating around. Kadri skated with a stick in his hand for the first time since the injury a couple of series ago. He didn't take any shots in 45 minutes on the ice. Cogliano took a puck to the right hand in the Colorado series clincher against Edmonton. And uh, he did shake some hands with Oilers players and coaches, though. That was very nice. Cogliano does appear to be closer to being ready to face Tampa Bay tomorrow. So it wouldn't shock me to see Cogliano back. I still think Kadri is going to make his debut on the road in this series, either game three or game four. A couple other notes here. Andre Vasilevsky, the all-world goaltender for the Lightning. Almost never loses back-to-back starts. He's done it once in the last 18 playoff games. Interesting, though, that one time happened last series against New York in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Also, I want to talk about shots on goal because Vasilevsky, I think, will he'll shore it up. He'll look much better in Game 2 after that rocky first period for him. Actually gave up, uh, looked a little uncomfortable in the second period, too, but he calmed down after that, 22 straight saves in the second and third period, and then obviously losing it in overtime. But the Avalanche game one on shot percentage, okay? That would be the amount of shots that get on net, right? Or at least on the goaltender, 38 out of 79. That was its lowest in the playoffs. Only the second sub 50% game of the playoffs. So what does that tell you? That just tells you the abs are throwing the puck at the net. I don't care that it was, I like that it was 79 shots. Just shoot 100 times. I don't give a damn. Get the puck up there on Vasilevsky as often as possible. Give your best, give your, your team the best shot of maybe a deflection or a cheapie going in. We saw that happen a couple of times in game number one. Okay. So throw the puck at the net. Tampa Bay did a remarkable job of blocking shots. And that I think is something that will continue here. We know that the abs like to muck it up in front. We also know that Tampa is built on big, slow defenders, okay? And those guys had some issues with puck possession, getting into transition. Tampa's defense gave away the puck a little too much. I look for that to shore up here. So what does all of this mean? What does all of this mean? Vasilevsky's trend. Cogliano could be back. The shot percentage, blocking shots, all of this. I know last game went over. If you had the total goals in regular time, though, you pushed. Um, And that's what I'm going to do here. I'm going to go regular time. Could this be a 3-3 game? 
you get into overtime 4-3, you, you lose the under here. I'll pay a little more juice, but I am taking the under six goals in regulation time at a modest juice of minus 122. I think this game goes under in regular time, minus six at minus 122. So this just takes overtime out of the equation, and I'm absolutely fine with that. That'll be the first, the first bet that I make. The second bet, I'm going right back to our boy Ian Sinclair because he had us look at it in game one. He goes, dude, go check out, go check out your guy, Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr had three block shots the other night. His, uh, his stat was what? His prop was two and a half. He's remarkable, this guy. <laughs> it's the, he, he really is. And there's a reason why he is uh, the, the, the favorite for the Conn Smythe Trophy. He's just the best. I think he's the best hockey player. He might be the best hockey player in the NHL, not named Connor McDavid. Uh, and he's going to fight for a whole bunch, a whole bunch, I say, of, uh, I think, MVP trophies as things go along. Okay, but we're looking at the block shots here, and this is just a guy that gets down. He knows everything's on the line. Give me some Kale McCarr over two and a half blocks. You're getting it. It's a, it's, it's going to be modest juice. Um, actually it's going to be, we got it at a plus 145 last game. I bet you would get it. I think it'll actually be nice juice at plus 125. That's what I'm going to go with at plus 125. I think he gets that. So over two and a half block shots for Kale McCarr. Um, if you can find that Nathan McKinnon, we're going to go back to this and I don't like the juice, but I'm going to take it over four and a half shots. Again, I think that the game plan here is just put the puck right near or on the net as often as you can. And you can't tell me if they take 80, 85 shots and then another 35 to 40 hit the net that McKinnon isn't going to have five of them. He's gone over that number in four straight games. He had five last game. We're seeing the abs try and get the puck on the net from any and everywhere. So Nathan McKinnon over four and a half shots, minus 150. Those are the best bets here. Total goals, regular time. Don't just click on the, the game line you see right there. Go to regular time, under six, minus 122. McCarr over two and a half block shots. McKinnon over four and a half shots, minus 150. Now, I do want to talk about one other thing here. There was a great question in the Denver Post today. And it's a question that I have brought up multiple times here, and I think multiple times between the Western Conference Finals and the Stanley Cup Finals. Can the Avalanche win the Stanley Cup Final if Darcy Kemper doesn't pick up his game? Okay, let's read some stats off here, and then I'll tell you what my thought is. Kemper finished with a negative .75 goal saved above expected in Game 1. So what does that say? He let a goal in that he shouldn't have, basically. Um I think if the if he is like this going forward, and he's not seeing heavy shots, he's not seeing a heavy number of shots. We're talking about 23 shots, 20 of 23 saved. He was nice in the third period late, and I guess he really wasn't tested too much in overtime, but this is a guy that's not playing great hockey. He's playing mediocre hockey, and you're going to need more than mediocre this series. I really believe that. Um, and, and there's five straight games now that he hasn't had a save percentage above 90%, and that's not good. So I will say this. If Kemper doesn't pick it up, or if Franco's doesn't come in and perform admirably, I don't think they're going to win this cup. I, I think a lot of this has to do with Kemper. 
Vasilevsky is going to pick his game up. If he doesn't, then that's great. Then the Avalanche can make this a four or five game series. But I think Vasilevsky steps up his game. Denver played most of the game in the Tampa Bay zone. Um, and, and Kemper still has to be better on his limited save chances than he's been. Okay. There's going to be multiple games in this series where the Avs don't get to three goals in my estimation, multiple where they're going to get one or two goals. And I think those are the ones that Kemper's going to have to step up his game. They're going to have to win, you know, a lowest scoring two to one game Four three. Is that low scoring? I don't think so. I don't think so. Three, two, little lower scoring. 2-1, 3-1, these are the type of games. Darcy has the advantage of being the behind the best defense in hockey, okay? Colorado's first among the 16 playoff teams in expected goals against in 60 minutes, but Kemper has to be better. And if we see him allowing easy goals in the first couple of periods, don't be shocked to see Franco's in their game too. I need to see more out of Darcy Kemper. You need to see more out of Darcy Kemper. So again, best bets. Total goals, regular time under six, minus 122. McCarr over two and a half block shots. McKinnon over four and a half shots, minus 150. Uh, the McCarr the McCar angle is from Ian St. Clair. And our boy Mark Springer is going to give us more selections later in the show. That was number one on the front range four, the four biggest sports stories on the front range. I don't know how big soccer is here. I don't think it's very big. I'm not a soccer guy, but I do think the World Cup kind of is an outlier and I pay attention to it. No World Cup for Denver. And I'm going to tell you some reasons why, okay? The other American cities whose bids were unsuccessful. We had a lot of successful bids. Washington, D.C., horrible stadium. Uh, FedEx is, is leaking sewage. They've needed a new stadium there for a long time. Cincinnati, Nashville, Orlando, Pasadena. I was a little surprised in the Rose Bowl, but... You know, the big one is Washington, D.C., where everybody says soccer. That might be the, the soccer capital of America. Um, so for those of you that are saying it's the altitude, it's not. It's not the altitude. They didn't lose out on this because we're a mile high here. They lost out on this. And, and listen, Mexico City's at 7,000 feet. Guadalajara's at 5,100 feet. So the, the Mexican towns have elevation down there. Uh, I, I, it's, not, it's not elevation. They don't have a world-class sports facility to play soccer in. And what about Kansas City? I mean, Kansas City, first of all, they put on a great presentation. Second of all, they probably paid the right people off. And I'm not kidding here. I think one of the big reasons why Denver didn't get it, they probably did not handle greasing palms well. They didn't offer a fan fest either. That was something simple that every other town that got it was. So in Powerfield isn't necessarily old, but it does show that you need a better facility to host the World Cup. And I think going forward, hosting the Super Bowl. If you want to be a world-class sports town, you need a terrific stadium. And you need to pay the right people the amount of money. I don't know if that's how it works when it gets to the Super Bowl. But Rob Walton, you want a Super Bowl here in Denver? Go build a new stadium and use your own money. That's why there's no World Cup here. It's not because of the altitude. It's because of the stadium. It's because of the lack of a fan fest, and I just don't think they paid the right people. That's just me, though. That's number two on the front range for four biggest sports stories on the front range. Let's talk some NBA finals now. We had the Warriors to win it in six at plus 500. We cashed that bet last night. We had them at plus 500. We had them in seven as well. So you kind of split that in half, and we get plus 250. So we hit that one. 
Again, if you listen to me throughout this series, you cashed every bet if you bet minus nine and a half on the team that ended up winning. And the Warriors did it again. And I told you it was plus 440 last night. And it cashed. All six games of the NBA Finals ended in double digits. And man, Steph Curry has changed the game, hasn't he? Congrats to the Warriors. Maybe not for the better. I don't think he's changed the game for the better. I don't like the fact that it's three-point and bust. That's a big reason for the blowouts, too. Like, you've got to be consistent three-point shooting. If the other team is, they're going to blow you out. And, you know, we've seen that. We saw that multiple times in the series. But great for Steph Curry. Uh, one of the most impactful players in the history of the league, the way he changed the game. This year, he won the Finals MVP, the Western Conference Finals MVP, the All-Star MVP. The student's 34 years old. And I hope he plays another five, six, seven years just because of the skill set there. Very happy for him. Uh, and yeah, the, the Warriors are a dynasty. I can't believe this is a debate at this point. Yes, they're a dynasty. They probably would have won another title if Steph and Clay didn't get hurt. Or at least they're in the finals at least one more time. So they won it all in 14, 16, 17, and 21. Remember, they lost the finals to the Raptors. We had the bubble. We had a whole bunch of weird stuff happen in the NBA. In the NBA. Six finals appearances in the last eight seasons. Four championships last eight seasons. That is a dynasty. And hopefully LeBron doesn't defect to the Warriors. And, and actually, Steph Curry really didn't seem thrilled about the idea of that when it was brought up last time by LeBron. He said, I really want to play with Steph Curry. Well, Steph Curry was like, eh, okay. <laughs> Let's get to the 2022-2023 NBA futures odds that popped up on Bet Rivers this morning. The champion to go back for the repeat, the Warriors plus 600, the Clippers plus 700. So everybody was high on the Clippers this past year. There was no Kawhi. He's expected to be back. They'll have Paul George. That's a pretty formidable one-two punch there. For the Nuggets, they're tied with the Sixers at plus 1,400. I thought that this would actually be closer to plus 1,600. So I don't love the number right now, but... I, I capped this at plus 1,600. We see it at plus 1,400. It's Jokic in the Nuggets and Bede in the Sixers, plus 1,400. To be the Western Conference champs, Nuggets have the fifth highest odds at plus 600. So ahead of the Nuggets right now, Warriors, Clippers, Suns, Mavericks, then the Nuggets, fifth highest odds. I wonder how much better or worse these get, even with the finals odds and the Western Conference odds. Calvin Booth's going to remake this roster. Wouldn't be surprised if Barton and or Morris are gone. You've got two draft picks coming up. What do they do there? You've got to think that this will be a remodeled roster. And whether or not we like it is how we're going to handicap these futures going forward. Uh, MVP, we've got that up too. The Joker, 10-1 to 1 to win the MVP, to go back to back to back. That's not happening. No way they're voting for Jokic for a third time. I, they didn't do it for Giannis. They're not doing it for Jokic. Uh, maybe Embiid is the guy that gets it. So Luka's the favorite at plus 400. Giannis 500. Embiid 600. Tatum and the Joker at 10 to 1. I just have a hard time believing they'll do it. I, I know it's, a, it's almost a lazy narrative, but it, it's not lazy because there's facts backing it up. They just don't give dudes the MVP three straight times. It's not, a, it's not a vote that I'll be going in on. Now, maybe he has the advanced metrics that are so much better than everybody else they're forced to, but the way Giannis continues to improve, uh, Luca, here's another guy. I don't, I don't blame 
I don't blame him for putting Luca the favorite and Giannis the second favorite. I think it's it's a good move actually. Embiid plus six hundred because it's just going to be really tough to win three straight MVPs. Even if he is the most valuable player next year, they'll find a way to give it to somebody else. And I truly believe that. Let's go to number four on the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Padres, Rockies. Ice. The uh, Rockies got swept by the Guardians three games. They're 27 and 37. And the disappointing part is they're just 16 and 19 at home. I thought they'd be better at home. You know, you want them to be at least a 500 team at home. Win somewhere. That would be very nice, right? Two lefties on the mound tonight. Mackenzie Gore, one of the top prospects in the game. We recently saw him. Kyle Freeland, the local on the mound. So a couple lefties there. Freeland, by the way, in his last start, gave up just two runs in six innings at San Diego last week and a win over the Padres. Rockies were playing good baseball coming off that road trip. Beat the Padres. They had the Giants. They came back four and three after a Padres-Giants uh, road trip. It was a good one. It was a good one. So Freeland looked good in that start. San Diego batters, by the way, have a collective 515 lifetime OPS against Freeland. He has had success against the batters that are on the Padres right now. Uh, Gore got tagged for six earned runs in two and a third innings last Saturday against the Rockies. Here are the lines on Bet Rivers as it stands right now. And I got two bets tonight. Not on the side, though. They're player props. Rockies plus 130 money line. Padres minus 152. The total here is 12 and a half. Juice to the over minus 115, minus 104 to the under. If I had to make a play here, it would be to the under, but I don't have a bet there. Um, here's my bets. And then I'll get into a couple of other uh, notes. Ryan McMahon has hit the total bases under in nine of his last 11 games at home. All right, you're up almost seven units if you're betting that. Now, his under one and a half is minus 175. And if you've checked out this show before, you know I don't like to go up to minus 175 juice. Long term, you're not going to be a profitable better. But I found two other ways to attack this. McMahon is not hitting well. Uh, under a half a hit. So him to go hitless plus 175. I hit it. Under a half a run minus 125. I hit it. What's he scored? One time in the last 13 games. So that's not bad juice minus 125. Under, so for him to get zero hits plus 175. These are half unit prop bets. I never put, rarely if ever, will put down a full unit on a prop bet. But I'm not buying Ryan McMahon tonight. Couple other notes, Padres 11-3 over the last 14 games. They just swept the Cubs in a four-game set. The wind was blowing out in every single game there, and their offense went bananas. Rockies have lost 10 of 14, just got swept by Cleveland. And the interesting thing here is the line opened at minus 145. Rockies were plus 125. Now there's sharp money coming in on the Padres, pushing it to minus 152, and that plus 125 you're getting in the Rockies at plus 130, Okay. They're just looking at San Diego saying, all right, road favorites hitting at a 64% clip. San Diego has better pitching, better bullpen. Maybe not tonight in the starting, uh, in the starting pitchers, but I think the bullpen, big advantage of the Padres. And again, they are uh, 16 and six against lefties. So I like the, the Padres tonight. I think the juice is too much for me. The total I would lean under, but the two bets, McMahon, Zero hits, plus 175. You'll see that under a half a hit. Under a half a run, minus 125. 
And if you don't mind minus 175 juice, maybe the best bet is under one and a half total bases. Next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers, our ABS insider, Mark Springer, and his best bets heading into game two of the Stanley Cup Finals. Next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Okay, you know what bets I'm on. Now we're going to find out what bets our abs insider Mark Springer is on. We'll get you a nice little preview of game number two coming up on Saturday. Springer, how'd that post-game show work out for you after a little overtime victory? How is it hosting that, my friend? Look, it was good. Uh, a lot of people were excited, and as we should be, because one of the things, you know, I mean, take betting aside, take anyone's fandom aside, and actually kind of sticking with fandom, like the abs are in the Stanley Cup final. This is cool. This is fun. This is awesome. It's been 21 years since the Avs have been in the Cup final. And, you know, you're never guaranteed anything. You never know when you're going to be back. It, it, it's Denver. This isn't L.A. This isn't New York. This isn't, you know, Boston. This, You know, we only get so many of these. So enjoy it. That's what I'm trying to tell the people is enjoy it. So I'm totally I, – I, I was totally cool with everybody celebrating that win – uh, one thing, though, is, you know, the overexcitement makes me feel like Avs fans see one win, and it's like, that's it. We've won the cup. It's over. Pack it in, everybody. Uh, this is going to be a long series still, in my opinion. Ah, uh, yes. Long series. I I'm right there with you. So let's talk about game two from every single angle. Again, Avs on the puck line, plus 165, minus 148 money line, six is the total. I placed a bet on the under six in regulation. Now, you're getting that at minus 105 if you include under uh, overtime. I got under six here. Listen, I love how the Avs are just throwing, you know, 80 pucks at goal. And you're hoping 35 to 40 end up on, on net. And then you're hoping quite a few go in the net. But I look for a much better Vasilevsky. I'm actually concerned on the Kemper side that this thing would go over. I can't see more than six goals in regulation, and I want to get your take on the total here, Mark. Yeah, I mean, obviously the total was six in game one, and, I, you know, I said on, on Monday on your show that I, I liked the over. And, you know, when I got off, I was like, do I? Do I really like the over? Because, man, Vasilevsky's on the other side, and that's always going to concern you when you're betting over six goals in a game featuring the best goaltender in the world. And then Kemper, if he gets hot, you know, it could be a low, lower-scoring game. But, you know, the Avs were able to get to Vasilevsky early in that game, get a couple in the first 10 minutes. And then, you know, Kemper allows maybe a little bit of a weak one to Nick Paul. And then, boom, all of a sudden you could tell, oh, we're we're on pace for an over. And, and sure enough, it, it did happen. And, and with this line being back at six, um, look, I have the same concerns you do. For everything I just said, I think it mirrors what you were thinking as well. But this line is six. And, you know, it's funny. For most of the playoffs, money's been on the over in an abs game, right? But does that change here because Vasilevsky's on the other side? Because there was not a goaltender like that that the abs have gone up against so far. Mike Smith, 
even Jordan Bennington had a rough regular season. And obviously- he was good, though. He, Bennington, I that series might have gone seven if Bennington's in there. You're right. You're right. But I think to start the series, maybe there was a little concern about him. Yes. Um, and then Vile Husso comes in, so that changes things, too. And then Connor Ingram in round one. So, yeah, of course, public money, a lot of money was coming in on the over. Is that the case right now, or does Vasilevsky change things? Does the thought that, well, Kemper has it in him to be that B-plus, A-minus goaltender, does that change things? So, man, I think maybe some people are going to ship to under here, and I almost want to stick with the over, and that makes me concerned about the abs in this game, too. It really does, because, I mean, look back to game two of that Blues series where Bennington got hot, and the Blues came in and played a really solid game. Avs played their worst game of the playoffs. Blues got them 4-1. Now, that wasn't an over in that game, but the Blues won that game. My concern here is that the Lightning did figure some things out in game one. They tightened things up in the second and third period. They started to play much better offensively in the second period. Darcy Kemper was the biggest problem for the Avs in game one. He absolutely was. He allows uh, three goals on 23 shots for like an 870 save percentage. That's not good. Uh, so my concern here is that Tampa pot some on Kemper and will the Avs be able to strike early on Vasilevsky again? So, I mean, I, I don't like the Avs to win this game. Do I think they can? Do I think they need to? Absolutely. Um, I'm not looking at the total. I'm not looking at the money line on this game. I'm looking at props. Um, my Lekkonen over half a point. My Devon Taves over half a point is another one I like to go to. He didn't have a point in game one. He's, that usually means he's due, and that's coming in at minus 125. You just get so much more value on Devon Taves than you do on Kale McCarr. And then Nikita Kucherov, over three and a half shots on goal at plus 130. That, to me, is a good value pick, whether it hits or not. Holden, that dangle move that Kucherov had around Devon Taves to feed Andre Pallott on the weak side when Pallott got behind Kale McCarr, that was a sick play from Kucherov. I don't think he's getting enough love in this series. I think he's been playing really well under the radar in these playoffs. Uh, obviously, he missed some time, as he usually does in the regular season. But I think he's starting to click right now. I'm worried about Nikita Kucherov. You're worried about Kucherov. But, all right, so let's get into the Kemper talk again. Mm-hmm. You and I had the conversation multiple times uh, between the Western Conference Finals and the Finals, right? And we kept saying, Kemper or Frantzos? And Kemper has not given me much confidence. Again, the goals, uh, I mean, minus 0.75 goals expected in the first game. What's the chances we see Frantzos in this series? Decent. 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 um, But I'd still say unlikely. So when I say decent, 30% to 40%. I mean, Kemper could get hurt. You know, he uh, took the stick to the eye in in game one, or not game one, uh, the first round of that Nashville series, like game three or four. I think it was game three. Um, we also saw him take a puck to the head uh, a few weeks ago, which may have re-aggravated <laughs> that, uh, that eye injury, or it was just a completely unrelated head injury. But either way, uh, he you know, his head has been banged up, his face has been banged up, and he's a bigger guy. And sometimes bigger goaltenders, and Kemper has a history of injuries, could pull a groin, could anything, a back injury, anything like that could happen to a goaltender like Kemper, who, like I said, has a history of injuries. And then there's also just his play. 
Uh, does he continue to underwhelm? And Francois, even though maybe he allowed some goals you wouldn't like to see against Edmonton, he also had some moments where you saw that Francois is capable uh, of, of being a goaltender on a quality team, at least for stretches. So I'm not ruling it out. Um, but regardless, the, the goaltending issues for the Avs, whether it's Kemper or Francois, is another reason why. I mean, right now you can get uh, Abs to win the series four three, the Abs to win in seven at plus four fifty. And I and I I really wasn't looking at it before the series started, but I'm going to assume that that moved up a little bit since the Abs won Game One. And I know that the favorite going in, and it's still the favorite, is Abs to win in five at plus three hundred. So the fact that the Abs took Game One is probably going to sweeten that abs in seven a little bit just because, well, maybe now uh, abs in five is more likely because they already have one under their belt. But I disagree because of the goaltending issues for the abs. This is going long. I think they ultimately win it at home in game seven. So a long play of abs in seven at plus 450 is something I like too. Yeah, my favorite bet actually coming into the series was total games played in the series over five and a half. It was minus uh, 150. It's actually gone to minus 148. So really? a little bit of money well, yeah, well, coming in there. The Avs took game one. I know. A little bit of money coming in there, and over five and a half is my play, and I'm going to stick there. And last night, we just cashed the Warriors in six games at plus 500. So I'm doing good with futures so far. Um, if you want the Avs in seven, that's plus 475, Bet Rivers. Avs in six, plus 425, and five is plus 300, and the sweep is plus 450, which is crazy. Um because there, it's plus 450 to sweep, and abs in seven is plus 475. I mean, that doesn't make sense. It should be switched around, if you ask me. Well, uh, I, but, but, but abs to sweep is the longest shot, right? Um, because By just a little. By just a little, but still, because the idea of them winning both in Tampa seems, seems like a big ask. I Hold mean, on. they could do it. Hold on. It's plus 450 to sweep, plus 475 to win in seven. So the, I mean, the longest shot is seven games. Okay. See. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, that might be a little different from book from book to book, but book to book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, either way. Uh, yeah. I just, I they could. Nothing would surprise me with this Avs team if they sweep. And here's the reason that I, even though I'm not sold on Kemper or even Franco's, certainly, you know, I'm not sold on both. The reason the Avs are ultimately going to win this series, and this really stood out to me watching Game One, even though they blow a three-one lead. Even though it took overtime, even though it was 90 seconds into overtime, like that's that's close, man. Like Tampa's right there in a game one, and they've struggled in game ones in this playoffs, except for Florida. What the hell happened to Florida? Look, it stuck out to it stood out to me watching this game. The Avs are the deeper team, and I was really thinking before this series, man, Tampa's the deepest team the Avs have played, and they are a deep team. But watching these two teams match up on ice, like being there at Ball Arena watching that game. It really stood out to me. Like, Victor Hedman's still good. He's not Kale. Their other defensemen are solid. Like, I like Sergachev. He's he, he's young. He's still, like, 22 years old. How is that kid still only 22? It feels like he's been in the league for five years. Devon Taves is way better. Bowen Byram is better. Like, they're just deeper. And their forward lines are just as deep as well. Certainly their decor is deeper. And that's what helps Kemper. That's what helps Francois if they need to go to him is that the Avs' defense is so underrated. And Devon Taves and McCarr are the best pairing in the league defensively, not just offensively, but defensively. Uh, so ultimately, that's they're just a deeper team with a better defense. That's why I think they ultimately win this series. But 
I think it goes deep, and I like Avs in seven. Mm. You're going to hit that, too. I mean, you're getting over four to one. So getting almost five to one on that one, my friend. Let me throw a couple bets out at you. Just get your thoughts. Okay. <clears throat> McKinnon over four and a half shots. Always like it. And I don't even remember because I wasn't on it in game one, so I don't even remember what his shot on goal total was. Um, I remember in the five. Five, okay. He went over. I remember Nachushkin led with six. And I saw his number at over two and a half at like minus 150. I don't know if I'd go back to the choo-choo well, even though he's, you know, a really underrated two-way player. Uh, so if McKinnon got five in game one and he was being criticized, <laughs> I guess you could call it criticized, nitpicked, I guess would be a better word for being maybe a little too tight with his play in game one. But he got to five shots on goal. He covers the spread. Yeah. He's always going to be aggressive. And the Avs got uh, several power play chances in game one, and you know McKinnon's going to look to fire on the power play. So, yeah, McKinnon over – you, you got to go over with McKinnon. You can't go yeah. under because the guy's too aggressive. Block shot props, McCarr over two and a half again. What do you have in game one? Three. Okay. I mean, he – And what was he? He had like 11? I mean, 11 in the clincher? He blocks a ton of shots. If you could get a number on Eric Johnson, he blocks a lot of shots. Uh yeah, I mean, these guys are – it's the cup finals, man. They're throwing their bodies in, in front of everything. I mean, Andrew Cogliano has a broken finger because he finally – the block shots finally caught up to him. I mean, these guys are going to risk everything. Kale's no exception. So, yeah, I would lean over there. What are you hearing about Kadri and Cogliano? You think Cogliano comes back tonight? I – it seems as if Cogliano is closer. They were both skating yesterday – both handling pucks. Cogliano seemed to be moving a little faster in his solo skate. Um, I, you know, I mean, Andrew Cogliano, they could survive without him. Nico Sturm essentially replaced him. Nico Sturm wasn't good in the faceoff circle. He uh, won one, lost five, but he, he's taking more faceoffs because Kadri's out. Although Cogliano, you know, and Sturm are playing down on that fourth or even third line. Uh, Cogliano could be back tonight. I'd I, you know, the Avs PK was great in game one, and Cogliano mm -hmm. only makes their PK even better. Uh, but they don't need him because of what guys like Sturm and Logan O'Connor have provided to this team. The deeper this goes, if this goes deeper, and, and it very well might, like I'm predicting, does that pressure come on for Kadri to play? I know he wants to. I know he's dying to play, but he's he, – he, he, I know he's not listening right now, uh, but not listening. <laughs> How do you know? Only no, play, man, if you're not going to be a detriment to the team, you know? Because uh, a finger injury like that, if that's going to affect your shot or your face-off ability, then you shouldn't be out there. Um, but, hey, if this goes deeper, it might put more pressure on everybody for Nas to play. What were you getting that Lekkonen point prop at? Minus 105. And it's been yeah. pretty consistent for the past few games. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of one that you got cute with, and it's worked out really, really well. And when I say cute, that's not a knock at all. It's no. just something that people have not that don't watch the the team close enough, or maybe it's not popping in their projections. But it's just a sharp look. Um, let me go find this here on Bet Rivers. So, um... I mean, while you're while you're looking for it, it just makes so much sense because you know he with with Kadri out. He's playing on the first power play unit, so that helps you a lot too. And then, yeah, he's he, he's down on the third line right now, um, and really the third line is uh, Helm, uh, it's uh, it's Lekkonen, 
and oh gosh, I'm spacing who it is. Is it Burakovsky? I think he might have yeah. moved up to two, but either way, you know, that third line right now is actually not bad. They work hard, and Lecky could get points there. You never know, but certainly playing on that first line, and then Bednar will mix Lekin in around. He's not afraid to play him with McKinnon and Landeskog for a minute, so yeah, I mean, you, you, get, him, you get him used in a variety of ways. So you also like Kucherov over three and a half shots. Yeah. And that's the other one I was looking he at. He looked like he's ready to break out in uh, in game one. He was the most impressive lightning player to me. And for Tampa, like, does Braden Point get it going at any point? No pun intended. Uh, yeah. You know, he looked like he was getting his feet back under him in game one, playing on that third line. Um but, man, was he good in the playoffs last year, especially the cup final. My gosh, was Braden Point good. If they could get him going, that makes that that's an even bigger reason why this series could go deeper. All right, so let's recap the best bets. I'm going to recap mine just real quick. Total goals, regular time, under 6, minus 122. Ian St. Clair, over 2.5 block shots from a car. I've got McKinnon, over 4.5 shots. I hate the juice, minus 150, but he, the dude's just on a mission. Um, I'm not going to bother with his anytime goal, but that's not a bad play either, is it? Uh, I mean, never with no. Nathan McKinnon. No, and you can always get an empty net goal from McKinnon. You know, he's had a couple of those in this playoffs that saves you at the death. Uh, yeah, yeah no, McKinnon anytime goal. Is and it, then I got Lekkonen. From you, I got Lekkonen over half point, Taves over half point. Mm -hmm. Kucherov over three and a half shots. Yeah, and and that's look my favorite because into... of the juice right there because a plus 130. That, that'd be my favorite. Yeah. And then I'm looking at Eric. I'll try and find Eric Johnson block shots. It's the other thing. You don't see many block shots props go up until game <laughs> day of game. Is all I'll I don't say. know if I've ever bet a block shot prop. Oh, I just won with McCarr, so you might as well do that. That's it's a lot awesome. of fun. Yeah. Again, there's just so many different ways to hit it, and the algorithm is going to have weak spots, just like humans do, just not as often. So sure. I think the block shots thing is there. Official prediction on how the game ends. What's the score? You hit it perfectly last time. Yeah, no, I predicted four to three uh, in game one. Um, you know, I, I, I wasn't really predicting overtime or regulation. It was more, hey, I like abs to win and I like the over six. And four three was what I settled at. Uh, and really just abs to win by one. I did not like that minus one and a half. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I see something similar happening, and I'm I'm concerned that Tampa's going to be the one to strike first in this in this game. So again, that's why I'm staying away from the Avs money. Uh, I'm really staying away from the total in the Avs money line because my gut is honestly telling me Tampa could win this thing like four to two. Um, so yeah, I like my player props much more than I like any game prediction here. But just for the fun of it, and just because I'm a homer. Even though, like I said, I have a bad feeling Tampa might get this one. I'll go Avs win 5-3. Uh, to three. Five to three. Eight goals? They're scoring five against Vasilevsky. Yeah, why not? Don't take any stock in that prediction, folks. I'm not taking any stock in that prediction. Okay, my friend, great stuff. Where do they check you out? Uh, can they get you before game two or just after still? Uh, yeah, on Saturday, uh, in fact, our station goes live at, at noon, Altitude Sports Radio 92.5, yeah, at noon. Uh, and then I'll be out at the watch party at the Tivoli uh, across from Ball Arena at, at, at uh, the Auraria campus, uh, campus at Metro State University um, at 3 p.m. Uh, we'll be on, I'll be on from 3 p.m. to 5.30, taking me up to pregame, and then I'll be on postgame as well. 
Love it, my friend. Love it. Let me uh, just recap things. So next week, I'm going to be on vacation. I will come back with three shows, though. And we're going to focus, well, I got a little bit on, on the NFL and the AFC West report and a little bit on baseball, how to bet it from Greg Peterson. But Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'll be on with best bets for the Avs games because we got it Saturday, then we got Monday, Wednesday, and if necessary, Friday, if necessary, right? One, two, three. No, we'll definitely be playing next Friday too. So we'll have three shows for you next week. Uh, Springer, I'm expecting you on at least two of those. I appreciate it. You and my buddy Ian St. Clair as well. Steven, our producer, thanks for producing this up. Tons of Avs bets. We got a couple Rockies bets. We got the NBA futures for the Nuggets that just dropped. Lots going on. We'll talk some Broncos too. A lot of Broncos coming up for the rest of the summer. And thanks for checking out the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers.